On this episode, we're taking on two recently published books, A Magic Steeped in Poison and The Book of Night. These two were on so many most anticipated book lists of 2022, and we'll let you know if they lived up to the hype. There will be spoilers and spicy language, so if these are still on your to-be-read list, we'd send your shadow on over to another episode. Welcome back to Page Rage. Welcome back. I'm catching the bug that everybody is getting, so if my voice is scratchy, I apologize, guys. Been there, done that, still recovering, so. <laughs> I always come to the translate, always. <laughs> yeah, this is one trend I was hoping you would you would miss, because it was not cute, so. So, uh, when I was reading these books that we were going to do, I, I spent a solid three days trying to think of another, like, catchphrase, like, we have page rage, page rave. Mm-hmm. I was on like the sources for a while. The closest I got is a page okay. That's still a work in progress. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> a page okay. <laughs> it's a work in progress, guys. I'm still working on it. Well, if you guys have any thoughts, let us know because we're struggling over here. We're not at our best. <laughs> no. Do it the best we can. My brain is functioning at a 5% yeah, capacity. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Opposed to like the 10 that we usually, <laughs> everybody uses or something. I'm I'm not even there anymore. <sighs> no, so yeah. if we mix up book names and we call somebody purple who's red, just, just bear with us. We're, you know, we're going through some things over here, but we're making it work, guys. We're making it work through this Mercury retrograde, which ends in a couple weeks, and I will not be happier than what it's oh, over. Seriously, I had my reading done with Lindsay yesterday and she was like yo mercury some fucked up bullshit and i was like ain't it though she was like it hit everybody hard this one she was like it's been screwing everything up for everybody i was like i know come on after and be like how to collect your life after mercury retrograde because i think (laughs) i think everybody would be interested in hearing that she would love to come back we would love to have her i'm obsessed with her this week's episode, we're starting off with Judy I. Lynn. She made her debut with A Magic Steeped in Poison in March of 2022 and quickly landed on the New York Times bestsellers list. I mean, the color of her alone is absolutely stunning and should be long on the bestsellers list just for that. This story follows Ning, who unknowingly killed her mother with poisonous tea. And in order to save her sister Shu from the same fate, she must travel to the imperial city of Jia to compete and become the kingdom's Shenong Shi, a.k.a. a master of magical and ancient art of tea making. But as she undergoes the competition, there seems to be more than just backstabbing competitors as unrest is building in the kingdom and a hostile royal takeover is brewing. Ash, what'd you think? Rage, rave, or page okay? Work in progress. I like this one. I do think it was a rave for me. The book is full, chock full of the typical YA tropes, um, but... There was such beautiful writing, and I really think that the magical system that they put in place here with the tea was refreshing and new enough that it still felt like the story was was different for me. What about you? I'm going to say it was a page okay work in progress. I love the concept. I thought it was insanely original. I thought it was also beautifully written. Honestly, the writing reminded me of the cover. Like mm-hmm. it was like very flowery and flowed so well together. I liked all the Chinese mythology they threw in because I'm all about mythology. But for me, there were sometimes the writing, the descriptions and stuff like that overshadowed for me what was going on and some of the certain, some things I couldn't follow. So it was, it was okay for me. I gave it a 2.75. Yikes. 
Well, I have to disagree with you. I don't think it deserved that rating. I think maybe you read it at the incorrect time, <laughs> but I, I would have yeah. to disagree. Beautifully written. The plot was great. When I say typical YA tropes, I mean, we had some insta love, you know, that I really wasn't a big fan of. I, I think that's silly. We had some of the, is he on our side? Is he not on our side? And then of course at the end, not on our side, maybe, you know, it, it's just like, I've read that book before. Um, but I do, I do still think there was enough newness to it with the T system that it really did give it a, a spin of its own. So disagree with Kat. I think it's hundred percent worth the read. Um, but it is, yes, as beautiful as the cover. I still recommend it. <laughs> I didn't say don't read it. It's just for me. I would not read it. Like that's basically what we rated. What was that out outlawed or whatever? Like no. <laughs> oh, but I, I thought it was nice. a solid two. Okay, I'll probably bump it up to a three. Ashley's convincing. It'll probably be a solid three. But somewhere along the lines, I'm also getting sick. So my brain is very kerfuffled right now. So sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to flow with where I'm going. And certain things I was getting lost. <laughs> The bird thing really, really confused me. But I did like... What was that confusing? I'm confused on what you were confused about. The competition, before they got to the actual, this is what your competition is, Mm -hmm. the whole literally page and a half before that, I had no idea what was going on. I was like... They were basically explaining how they got the birds to be poisonous and like the process that it had to take because they had to learn the process so that they could try and figure out how to both feed the bird poison and the antidote. So they had to give you a little bit of a backstory so you understood what that challenge was about and why it was so tricky. Miss that whole And part. they had to take care of it because they were responsible for the bird from like start to finish. So that just added like another layer to it. That part I got. I pictured it like the egg that you got in like home Exactly. Ed, they yeah. don't, they but don't poisonous. do it anymore. <laughs> but poisonous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I did like the princess and her life partner or her girlfriend, whatever, her bodyguard, whichever we want to call her. I did love that whole part. I thought that was so sweet. My random question, do you think the New York Times should have a category for the most beautiful cover? Because I, I feel like they should. I think this one would win. It's gorgeous. I love oh, it. It's so pretty. This could be like a poster or like yeah, a painting on a wall. So pretty. I love it. I think that's what everybody says. And the good thing here is that, at least in my opinion, the book actually matches the cover. I said, I said <laughs> the, the writing is a lot like the cover. It's beautiful and flowery and colorful. It's so I said <laughs> I'm just going to send Kat a list of all the other books she's rated 2.75 <laughs> against this and be like, there is a disconnect here. Like, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't see it. Ashley is taking this personal. <laughs> I think that's what I rated, like some of the books we hate like lost apothecary no it was rated lower than that but i just don't I think it deserves to be in the twos like i just don't think it deserves that so i'm changing it as we Thank speak you. guys like, for the <laughs> cover alone three. it should be a three the cover is gorgeous i honestly think if we ever get this tea house going that should be the mural on the side of our tea house we might we might do a, we'll just uh, put a, we'll just put up a book well obviously we're gonna have tea themed books so this mm-hmm. one will just be very prevalent so so beautiful so beautiful so new york times if you do a category, this is it. This is your inaugural winner. There you go. There, you there go. we go. All right. Well, as you kind of alluded to, this book is <laughs> steeped in Chinese mythology. <laughs> How did you feel about the way that the author wove it into the novel? I thought it was beautiful. I love all kinds of Asian mythology, Asian culture, Asian traditions. I think it's so beautiful because it's 
like it stands so strong today. I think she did really well in that. It's also one of the things that I like that flowed very well. To me, maybe it's because I noticed those things and I, I love reading about those. It stood out more for me than some of the other things that were going on in the book. The part with the black tiger, the white crane at the end. Mm-hmm. I love that part. I yeah, that loved was awesome. It. Where they basically had to battle the Gia's fighter. I can't think of the I can't think of the word, but yeah, that was awesome. Well, that what about you? Well, yeah, I, I mean I loved it too. I always love a good book that can really weave in folklore and legend and I because I think you also learn a lot more about mm-hmm. the, the culture as well. And as much as I love tea and we're obsessed with tea, I can't say that I have I've ever dove that far into any of like the tea mythology. And I found a, a fun little quote. So the author was doing um, an interview with just another uh, blogger and basically said, and I apologize truly if we're butchering any names, we are really, really working to get these right. So please bear with us. But um, they basically said that legend has it that Shenong tasted 100 plants and encountered 72 poisons and tea was the antidote to each one. And since he was also the god of medicine, it she really felt like it made a lot of sense to really pull in more of the traditional Chinese medicine alongside of the tea magic and kind of weave it in. And I just thought that was the coolest concept to pull in because I, I can't tell you how many things I've read where they're basically like every you know illness in the world has a cure in nature somehow. We just haven't found it yet. And mm-hmm. I, I fully believe that. And so the way that they just said, you know, that all the antidotes that they found in legend were of tea, I thought that was the coolest thing. And it makes it makes so much sense. And I just think it was so creative how they showed that here. I think one of the things I liked about the book, which there are things I did like about this book, I've already changed it to a three, ladies and gentlemen. I like that when she wrote it about tea, tea was such a giant player. And it wasn't just like a tea pouring contest, which, you know, some authors will actually do that. It'll be Mm -hmm. like, this is the whole story. And then you're like, they're not really doing anything about it. Tea was the main character in this Mm -hmm. whole story. And that is what I loved about it. It was interesting to see it used in so many different ways. So Mm -hmm. it could cure ailments. It could have been, it could be an apology. It could be a weapon, a source of strength, even a truth Mm -hmm. serum. I think the truth serum challenge was one of my favorite in the book. I thought that was so interesting, especially the way that we saw her get to test some of those particular tea leaves in the beginning so that she knew she had the wrong ones. And just the way that she kind of figured out how to get herself out of that situation. And then us seeing her discover how those connections and her magic really worked. I was so interested. It was just fascinating. I've never seen anybody do something like that in this kind of book before. Speaking of the magic, how did you feel about the magic systems that were present? I really loved it. And I I wasn't sure what it was going to be when we were getting into it. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like give them a cup of tea and suddenly, you know, things are going to change. Like, how is this going to be? But it was so unique in the way that you could kind of see this, the spells working and the way she was learning how to judge what was really going to happen by the way that the tea was acting. If you haven't read this book, we must sound insane, truly, but it really is very unique. What about you? Honestly, I made a cup of tea after I read this and I was pissed that some animal did not come out of my tea in the form. Nothing happened. But you don't want the snake, so we didn't want any. No. But that golden tea sounds amazing. I was like, how do we do that? (laughs) I thought the same thing. I was like, where did we go to get that? Also, I told Ashley earlier, I was, <laughs> after I finished this, I was like, I'm going to take a whole tea tour in China. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do we get that to happen? I had no idea that the, the lore was so deep. It makes sense. I just 
never put it together. Or maybe I've just never read a book like this. You can catch us in the tea houses in China. Right? Was, when they were talking about just going down There's the There's a street, whole tea district. Tea, I, was I was like, like a yeah. tea district? So where has this been my whole life? There. Literally longer yeah. than my family has even been around. But yeah. <laughs> That's right, right there in China. Yeah. I was like, a tea district? You better stop. Oh, yeah. give me the crossroads. We would live our best, our best lives there. What did you think about her friendship with Leanne? Did you think it was going to be real? Did you think she was going to backstab her? Or did you think she was using her? Where did you see that going? Yeah, I, I don't think I fully trusted anybody until we... I, I Actually, I, I can't even say that I fully trusted anybody at the end. But definitely in the beginning, I was very... I definitely had my guard up for Ning because I didn't trust any of the other competitors. I was like, this could go a lot of ways. This could be like a ruse situation from Hunger Games, or this could be somebody who is just playing you for a fool because it's a competition. So I think it's always hard to be friends with people that you're competing against. So I wasn't really sure in the beginning, um, especially when there were some instances where they'd be in the kitchens and Ning was getting sent off to do, you know, obscure activities and Leanne didn't really say anything. (laughs) I don't know where this is going, but I wasn't 100% sure. But then obviously by the end, you definitely see that she actually was a real friend to her. But I was very uncertain for a good chunk of the book. What about you? I mean, when she pulled the Mariah Carey, I don't know her in the kitchens. I was like, damn. Yeah, I was like, that's not okay. But you did just know her for 0.2 seconds. So I mean, I guess fine, but. I felt some type of way, I'm not going to lie. And then when it got towards the end, when I was like, okay, you guys are in the top. What What's going to happen? Is there going to mm-hmm. be like backstabbing? And then she just kind of like sat, like just excluded herself and was like, I have other things going on. I was like, I feel like that was a little bit of a cop out. Like I wanted, I needed a little bit more to know what's going on here. Well, than just she like was doing bowing like a out. super secret mission for the princess. So it's not like she was just dipping out to go to like Saint-Tropez. She was like on a secret mission. So I think she had justification. At first I was pretty nervous when she was like, I don't I don't even know who you are but then they kind of just kind of like went their separate ways except for the bird i hope she gets to keep the bird because i know leanne really liked the bird all right well we have read quite a few books about magical competitions um i'd say over the past few months uh, definitely since we started this podcast how did you feel this one stacked up i liked it because it was based off a of tea so it <laughs> definitely was in the high <laughs> it was in the high thing for me because i enjoyed all the elements of tea i was like this is so crazy cool i was like it's not And there wasn't as much politics in the nonsense. And I didn't have to keep track of as many characters as usually you have to do in other magical competitions. Like it was just that one from the family who was Mm -hmm. like, you know, the Chad of the group, Mm -hmm. really. There's always a Chad. (laughs) Always. And his cronies. (laughs) So, and there's always the one who's trying to take down the monarchy, which is, you know. Always. Yeah. Kang. So it was like, okay, I gotcha. What about you? I actually felt a little bit opposite. So... I did like the competition, but I actually felt like our attention was pulled a bit because like every time there was a different piece of the competition, somebody tried to assassinate the princess. So I felt (laughs) like it was a little overkill. Like the first one was necessary because that's how we got Kang into, you know, Mm -hmm. that that part of the novel. But I'm like every single time, you know, it just kept getting so disrupted and I wanted to actually see more of the competition and we did get to see it but I just felt like our attention kept getting pulled because there was just something else you know going on in the background too so I I would have liked one less distraction during one of the pieces of competition but otherwise I really enjoyed it going back to the truth uh challenge because that was one of my favorites I did also think it was interesting how there are levels to this tea business so they had those women come in who really were just learning the art of 
pouring tea. There was no magic, you know, at least in the tea. Um, mm-hmm. There was definitely, it was definitely cool the way they did it. I kind of got the bow batten. Yeah, I got like that oh, vibe from those girls. Like they were just the, ah, just like pink light and butterflies. Like that's what I got from them. And then Ning and her crew were doing like the real magic. But it was cool how they like played and intersected. And there was just levels to this tea business. So. What did you think about her relationship? I was annoyed with it. I'm, <laughs> I'm never really a fan. I mean, they do it what in like Red Queen. They do it here. I mean, the insta love situation in a YA novel is never my favorite. I get very annoyed because here's what always ends up happening. It's like they always end up being hidden royalty. And then they always have their own hidden agendas. And then we like love them for a book that we hate them in the second book. Then we kind of love them again in the third and then they never work out. I've read this. I've been here. I've done that. So we don't trust him at the end of the book. Obviously, in the next book, I don't know where it's going to go. It's only a duology. So I'm like, are we going to continue to hate him? Is he just going to dive full into evilness? Is he going to have a, you know, come back around and like fight against his dad? I mean, it could go basically one of two ways. (laughs) So we'll see. What about you? I didn't really pay him that much attention because... Why is so hard for me now? Because I'm like, you just met this man and you're in love. And I try and think back to when I was 13. And I was like, you want to know who my love at first sight was when I was like 13? John Travolta. So like there was nobody in my class that I was like, I love you. First time I saw them. So it's hard for me to connect with that. I mean, I was like in love with like. Well, but they had that whole golden tea moment. That was intense. That was that's cool. not like a normal moment that you have that when you weird. meet somebody. So I feel like, okay. That stressed that, me out for some reason. I was like, they, y'all know in each other's secrets. Exactly. Because it like cut through all the bullshit and you like instantly knew their deepest, darkest thing. So I get why they were connected from the beginning, but I just didn't think it needed to be like, oh my God, the love of my life. You know, I just didn't think we needed to go down there. So I appreciate that it wasn't the whole story. Like that wasn't the forefront, but I'm a little nervous for the second book and how much of a part that's going to play. I am really happy. It's a duology. Like you don't see those anymore. You really don't. I'm pretty excited for that period because usually everybody's trying to make it into a giant series, which isn't always necessary. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy that it's a duology. (laughs) Same. I'm hoping it'll be efficient. We don't have to have that bridge book. Yes. A bunch of setups and nonsense. So I'm hoping it's good. And it comes out in August. So we don't even have to wait that long. She did the damn thing. And I'm trying to get the net galley arc. I'm like, please, God, give it to me because I want to know what happens. But worst case (laughs) scenario comes out in September or August. So we'll know. Yeah. I'm pretty. That's what I'm. I was like, this is duology. I was like, I didn't even know people. I thought somebody retired that word. Because nobody does it anymore. It's just a trilogy nice. from now on. It's nice. Though. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. How how did you like the ending? There's a there was a lot that happened in the end. I thought it was interesting that the missing ingredient for the antidote was that ground up black pearl um, that could mm-hmm. only be gotten from Kang and the area that his father was and all of that. I thought that was really interesting the way that they found that out. I also really enjoyed how Ning was able to basically hide or blur their features because they were about to be found out. I was like, I don't know how you're going to get out of this one. Like, I really just don't even know what you're going to do. And that was some mighty quick work um, that she did when he was greeting all the soldiers. Um, I'm glad that she was able to save her sister but I'm a little nervous about what's going to happen with Ning because where we leave off, it's a major cliffhanger and she'd just been bitten by whatever was inside of her sister and knocked out at the end. So we don't know Kang's status in the second one. I don't 100% know if I trust the princess. There's a lot of uncertainty going into the second book. So I'm interested since it's only a second, two books to see how they wrap everything up. What about you? How'd you feel about it? I will give Ning this. She is a quick thinker. When she, she dumped all that wine on the bodyguard, and was mm-hmm. like, oh, she she's drunk. I was like, damn, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I like, think she's a Virgo. 
was like, smart girl. (laughs) I'm more interested in what's going on with the princess, I guess, like how she's going to come back. I wonder if the story is going to be more centered around her. If Ning is obviously, I don't think Ning's dead or anything, but probably incapacitated in some sense. So I'm wondering how the princess is going to revive her little clan and like pop back into the city and take over. That's what I'm more interested in seeing. The sister will be more involved now because her sister was, Shu was the one who was actually Mm -hmm. her mother's apprentice. So Mm -hmm. now that the two of them are back in action, hopefully, and the dad is there too, you know, obviously he does more of the traditional Chinese medicine. I'm curious how that is going to play into what happens in the second book. Yeah. I figured that Shu and her dad was probably going to save her regardless. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where it went in my head, but I'm interested in seeing how they're going to, format and if Kang is he gonna take on his dad is he gonna be sitting there in a little throne baby throne right next to him what's gonna happen Mm. I don't know I I don't want it to go a typical way what I don't want to happen is for Kang to fight against his dad end up with Ning everything is like a happy family somehow Ning and Kang end up on the throne something happens to the princess or she decides she wants to go and like be a pirate like that's what I don't want to happen (laughs) That's what I don't want to happen. So I'm hoping whatever it is, because like I said, there were a lot of typical tropes in the first one. I'm hoping that the second one has a little bit more of a unique spin. Well, we'll see about that. We definitely will. But overall, very excited to see where this magical tea situation takes us in the second book. I'm excited to see it in action in more of like a war time situation. I think that's going to be really really cool i'm ready also we'll let you know where our tea house is (laughs) (laughs) we'll let you know when that is opened and when you can come by it's maybe we'll get judy to pop in oh my god that would be amazing i would love that i would love that as long as she brings some of that golden tea for us i would love that this takes us into our second book of the episode our second book is book of night holly black's adult debut novel that was released earlier this month we enter a world where shadows are the new cool accessory in the latest thing you can have nipped and tucked charlie hall is a retired con artist thief and current bartender who's trying her dandest to stay away from her old life when she stumbles across a mutilated body outside of her bar and finds a man with shadows for hands at the scene she is thrown back in the world of shadows to save herself her family and to figure out if the man she's been living with is who he says he is. Spoiler, he is not. (laughs) (laughs) Also, thank you, NetGalley. Thank you, NetGalley, for not giving me an arc for this book. (laughs) But I read it anyway. (laughs) I really need Um, you to work on that. If you give it to one of us, give it to both so we can actually talk about it on an episode. I know we're talking about it anyway, but just saying. Yeah, I don't... You gave me Riley Sager's book, but not at the same time as Ashley. Like a month later. Yeah, we could have read it at the same time. not working for us. So if you give it to one, give it to both people, because we are also a duology. (laughs) (laughs) If one gets it, the other one needs it. That's just how it works. So what'd you think? Rage, Rave, or Page OK? Work in progress. This was a Page OK for me. Still rated it a three, but I had a lot of... I had a lot of thoughts on this one, and I know we, we definitely chatted about this a little bit uh, when we were working on our last episode. But for me, I, I struggled a bit with it just because So I was a big fan of her last trilogy, the Folk of Air series. I loved how we kind of dabbled a little bit into horror. There was definitely like a friends to enemies. No, enemies <laughs> to friends, kind of. And then back to enemies and then back to whatever situation that I really enjoyed. And I just feel like there was just a certain vibe that she had to her writing. I get a little bit confused as to why when authors go from YA to an adult novel that they feel like they have to change just 
their overall tone and the way that they're writing. It's like most of the authors that we're reading, if we're reading YA, like Sarah J. Moss, Lee Bardugo, or Holly Black, they might be quote unquote YA, but they're very adult themes. So it's not like you have to shift that much for it to be a logical adult novel. But I just felt like there was a shift in her tone here. I expected it to be darker and a little bit more pulled together. So I was just a little thrown by this, but I will keep reading it. And I I think now that we have the world built out, I think I have much higher expectations for like the second and the third. What about you? I gave it a 3.25. I think I gave it. It's been a minute since I read the Folk in the Air series. So reading that was like reading a whole new thing. I thought I agree with you. I thought it was going to be a lot darker because I feel like what we were dealing with was very Mm -hmm. dark than it actually came out to be. I thought it was a little bit more, I don't want to say light, but not as... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little bit fluffy. I thought it was going to be more sinister, especially with the shadow finger guy. I thought something was like... That was creepy. And I thought we were going to go down that rabbit hole. And I was like, I am ready. No, we didn't go anywhere with that. So it was a page okay for me. Will I continue the series? I'll probably read two. Depends how long the series goes. If it goes into like a BDB. I think it'll be (laughs) three. Yeah, it'll probably be three. I'm going to cut it. But I was kind of disappointed that out of like the three authors that I brought up, I still think Sarah J. Moss did the best job with going from YA more into an adult novel. Mm-hmm. She didn't lose her tone. It felt like the same, it felt like the same author, the same writing. Mm-hmm. It was just way more adult, way steamier. Loved it. Lee Bardugo, I'm going to be real. It's hard for me to read Lee Bardugo. And I did not like the Shadow and Bone series. I think I rated it like a 2.75 across the board. I Lee Bardugo, read it. Like I cannot so read it. It's hard to get yeah. through her books for some reason. And The Ninth House, which I love, it took me until chapter 20 to yeah, get into that Yeah, still hard to get into, but it's you the know? only Lee Bardugo book I've ever gotten through. <laughs> so I guess that's yeah. what I'm basing it on. But yeah, I haven't been able to make it through anything else of her. So and, and that's only because I, in my head, I'm like, if I start this, I have to finish it. Like I can't. <laughs> DNFing is like, I have to hate yeah. the book to DNF it. Obviously, I went through The Promise with Kristen Ashley. And if I could have written that a negative 10, I would have. <laughs> so it's hard for me. But this one, I mean, it's easy to read. It took me a minute to get into the shadow lingo and what the rules were. So that took me a little bit. But once I was in, I was just like, all right, well, we just let's just see I, where this goes. I was just like, what where are we going? Like, what are mm-hmm. we doing? There was like this weird sub thing where she had that whole situation with like that guy who was stealing a ring from his girlfriend mm-hmm. and she was tracking it down and she found him in a hotel and then he was coming after her. I was like, what was the purpose? of this in this novel he just ends up dead what purpose did this serve you know like I just didn't really understand some of the subplots and why they were yeah overall this was an urban fantasy so the shadow world was really built on top of our existing world how did you feel about the way that uh, Holly Black layered our world and that world together I'm not gonna lie it took me a minute to catch up like I just said like it took me a solid few chapters to know what the hell was going on in this book but once I caught on I thought it was insanely original to to be honest with you. I thought it was crazy cool. Would you get your shadow cosmetically altered? I don't know. First of all, if it costs a lot of money, no. <laughs> if it helped my knees, maybe. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I would have to see what the benefits of this doing. If it was just like a cosmetic, like, oh, like that one chick who came in the bar and hers was like a succubus or whatever, yeah. I wouldn't do that. Because I'd be like, I don't, I need knee yeah. surgery. I don't want to do that. <laughs> what would you do? Honestly, the, the concept of shadows since I was younger and why watched the live action version of Peter Pan has Mm. kind of freaked me out a little bit. 
just because of the fact that, you know, when you see your shadow doing something that you are not doing, like that has just, that freaks me out, you know? And so I think I would have to have a conversation with my shadow. I'd be like, give me a thumbs up if you want to be cosmetically altered. Do you want something fun? Otherwise, we'll leave you alone. Like, we're not going to fuck with you because I don't want you to kill me in my sleep, you know? Like, I don't know how I would feel. I'd be a little cautious. Of, I of give it a fun name, bad. though. I would totally give my shadow We're not a supposed fun to name. give it a name. That's how you give it more too much strength. That's what happened with Vincent Red. I would totally give mine a name. <laughs> Cat would be possessed. And I'd be like, who are you? <laughs> this is not Cat. <laughs> this is not Cat. My shadow is like the complete opposite of me. It's like bubbly. You'd have like the umbrage bow. And I'd be like, what is happening here? I'd be like, my knees were hurting. Help me out. Help me out. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> You're in baby pink from head to toe. <laughs> oh, my shadow and I would have a big problem. After yeah, that. <laughs> so I'm like. <laughs> so we delve into her sister's like tarot reading thing, which I'm not a whole lot sure about that. Do you believe she actually has a gift or is she just scamming people? That's my question. No, I think Posey is flat out just uh, scamming people 100%. No, I think she was just trying to find something because she was so desperate to have her shadow quicken and be a glow mist or however you say it and be able to manipulate her shadows. Like she was obsessed. Like she was trying to Mm -hmm. kill herself to get there. And I was like, girl, it's not worth that. So I think she was just trying to find something to kind of make her feel like she was a part of that world, even though I don't think she, she is or will be, but... Do you think she's going to play a bigger role in the next book? I hope so. Because again, I don't understand the point of introducing these characters and then just having them do nothing for most of the book. I feel like all we really did with Posey was worry about her and have her as like a catalyst for so many, you know, things to go awry. So I I hope they do a little bit more with her character. I hope she ends up with that student. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one who was helping them with the the shadows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be I mean, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. I hope she goes to college considering all what her sister did for her. I would agree. I'd be pissed as shit. I think I'm way more interested in Odette as per usual. She was fascinating. So I hope we get a little bit more of her. I think I would have liked it more if we just didn't have Posey and Odette played a little bigger character. Like maybe that was like her aunt or something, you know, (laughs) you you can do some of the same things. I mean, Odette definitely stole the show when she came in. I think she's probably going to play a bigger part in the the next couple books too. She seems like she knows a lot of shady, shady characters. So I'm still not 100% sure if she's good or not, or just in the middle, but we'll see. I love her. Well, let's talk about Sir Vincent. How did you feel about Charlie's relationship with Shadow Lisbon? I thought it was a little odd how perfect he seemed and that she really didn't really didn't question anything. But then she says that a lot in the book. She's just like, I didn't even question anything. And I'm like, isn't that like a red flag? She didn't want not- him to question her. So Yeah, but I was like, <laughs> I've been posing. I was like, this dude can speak fluent French. I would have been exactly like Posey. I liked him. Like he's a likable character because he was so nice. Like he was just a nice guy. I mean, being in that world and not having a shadow and then not getting like a good enough like answer would have driven me insane. Also, his job was insane. I- <laughs> what do you think I thought he was boring honestly for um, at least the first half of the book but the book was also kind of boring to me for like the first half of the book so Mm -hmm. everything was just kind of like blah but obviously I knew something had to happen because it's like if a series opens and there's characters that are together it's like you know something's gonna happen because they're not gonna stay together either they're going to get together or they're not going to be together or there's going to be like a whole you know up and down mm-hmm. situation I was like there has to be more here there's too many shady occurrences happening with him the fact that he doesn't have a shadow is a huge red flag regardless of what Charlie's hiding something is going on <laughs> you 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, what is happening? So yeah, I would have still had to ask a lot more questions than she did, regardless of how nice of a quote unquote human he was. And did anybody get a little like notice the whole weird thing with his aunt? I feel like yeah, that was, was just totally like skipped over. That was some Cassandra Clare shit. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I I like it wasn't even discussed. I was mm. just like, is nobody else like worried that his aunt's in love with him? And yeah. like maybe I'm very worried. Him? Think something was happening. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, and nobody talked about it. Like she didn't even delve into it. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, uh, okay. I have a feeling we'll find more about that in book two, especially since everything that happened at the end. And- it made me like really nauseous. I hate yeah, that. it wasn't great. It was okay. incesty vibes. Yeah. So did you see Charlie becoming a glomist with her shadow? Like, did you I see that coming? I figured that was going to happen because her sister was going so hard about it. <laughs> I was like, so of course it's going to happen to Charlie. And especially in the beginning when she's like, oh, my shadow's acting a little weird, but I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> I was like, do you know where you live? Like, are we being this stupid? <laughs> And I don't even know if it, that's she's being that stupid. I think she just had a lot going on. And she's like, I'm going to deal with you later. <laughs> like, here's some blood just in case this is a thing. But I have to deal with you separately. So I very much figured that that was going to happen. So no, I wasn't surprised at all. What about you? No. <laughs> this book was highly I was not surprised by anything that happened in this book. So to be to be real. <laughs> it cracked me up, though, how she fed it. She'd, like, just flick it some blood. And I was just, God. Oh and then God. she'd, like, flick it at her. And I was like, come on. I was like, yeah. like they were talking that one person who was just feeding all of the the blights like random blood and i was like mm-hmm. it's like this isn't a, a stray cat it's just like a stray creepy shadow that you're feeding Ugh, i don't like it i don't like it i will say was anybody else like looking and just double checking their shadow in certain light just to make sure you were seeing like what you should be seeing because <laughs> i definitely i'm was. looking now like i'm gonna see my shadow see right mine. here she's right she's right over there I see her. She's doing what she's supposed to do. Oh, there she is. If I saw my shadow move, I'd be like, that's it, guys. I'm We're out. out. <laughs> we are out. All right. Well, let's talk about this novel's big bad, Sir Lionel Salt. How did you feel about Mr. Salt? Very predictable. A rich white man. Older white man. I was like, he's going to be Vince's grandma. You know, like, it was just uh-huh. like this. It was very predictable once you got in there. I don't even think he was that bad as a big bad. And honestly, I got... I got President Snow vibes from him, but honestly, mm-hmm. President Snow was way worse than he was, um, at least in what we saw. It's only been one book. I was like, meh. But I didn't like how predictable it was. It was like the rich older man and the phantom and everybody was like going on and on. And I was like, okay, well, it's going to be him. So since we've already done this, mm-hmm. when she was like, the house, it was the same. I was like, duh. I was like, I knew that was coming. Give me something a little bit more for that. And I just felt really bad for Vince. I was like, damn, this is going to be a sucky ass place to grow up. And the whole part in the beginning when she was like reliving that memory where she was walked out of the house, I was like, that's going to be him. That's him. I knew the second they did that, I was like, that's yeah. him. That's yeah. him. Vince is red. This is it. Mm-hmm. Vince is dead. Like we've been saying the whole time. The real Vince does not exist anymore. This is red. So. Did you ever think it was going to be anybody different? No, I did not. But I thought... So I think the time that I actually started like getting a little bit more pulled into it was when um, that rando subplot guy was killed in Charlie's house. And then, you know, it was written all over the walls, like red, red, where's red? I thought there something more exciting was going to start happening. I was like, ooh, maybe we're going to pick up now. And it's going to be like, no, mm-hmm. it didn't. But um, <laughs> I thought like that character was going to be more interesting 
and be the real big bad. I knew who Red was pretty early on. Honestly, I was hoping for some kind of battle between Vince and Red. I didn't know if she was going to make it possible. Yeah, like maybe Vince was actually was actually still alive and something Mm -hmm. happened that was more interesting. That's what I was hoping for, but I didn't get it. Bit annoyed, honestly, when they when they obviously I I saw it was going to happen that they obviously were not going to allow Red to just be Red and be living his little fake human life uh, because he was they could not handle it because it was different. But when they put him back as a shadow and attached him to Charlie, I was not okay on so many levels because I was like, this is very awkward for a lot of Mm -hmm. reasons. And then when they did the typical like, oh, he just forgot everything as soon as he went back to Shadowland, I was like, really, this this is what we're gonna do. Okay. So we're just gonna do the whole like enemies to lovers things now like we're gonna make okay. Okay. So I wasn't really excited, a bit annoyed by that ending. I don't think that's how they should have ended it. And I I feel like especially in that in this culture, because of the fact that they've never seen anything like him, I just figured they would want to study him a bit more and use him. Why would you just eradicate everything that was him? Because there's no there's no telling if you can get him back into like a human state. You know what I mean? So I just don't know why they even did that. So that's what I I thought was going to happen. I thought the people who were deciding were going to let him be Mm -hmm. and he was going to be almost like on a probation and like watched very very closely yeah because i thought they were going to give him kind of some kind of empathy like Mm -hmm. you've dealt with a whole lot and it's kind of not your fault so we're just gonna go with this and see how this works and if you take one foot out of line you're you know whatever that's where i thought we were going so we could see a whole different story with him and her Mm -hmm. like moving i didn't think they were going to attach him back which i thought was like pretty damn shitty i was like wow okay but i kind of figured was coming when she cut off her shadow and gave it to her sister i was like yeah. uh-oh i That's literally was like uh-oh <laughs> can we not yeah i wouldn't want my sister's shadow i'd be like no I, i'm a, like I where's her doing? like yeah yeah like i don't need yours it's weird to me i didn't i didn't like that but i did have a moment when red was her shadow again and like they were kind of talking i think they were like sitting in her car and you realize he is not Vin. Mm-hmm. you know or who he was and i was like oh shit <laughs> i was like she's fucked he's gonna kill her in the middle of the night you know what i mean it was one of those, <laughs> it was one of those moments where i was like fuck i feel bad for her because you know she had that moment like god damn it <laughs> i am now in trouble so i hope they actually play this out and i hope you know there is some struggle and he is kind of evil and i hope it is mm-hmm. a little bit different but i guess we'll see are you gonna read the sequel I'm definitely going to read the sequel because I want to know what they're going to do, but I don't know how much... I don't know. If the sequel is like this, I I don't know if I'm going to keep going. I might just like read a synopsis. What about you? Same. I mean, unless it's dead-ass boring, I'll probably check it out. I like like Holly Black. I do too. That's why I was so disappointed in this. And I I really did like the whole concept. I thought it was crazy, crazy original. And I just hope it gets darker in the whole sense, I guess. I do too. I definitely agree because I'm reading blogs, you know, different blogs and things, just kind of getting the feel for how everybody else is, is taking it. And some are like, Oh, this was so dark and this, that, and the other, I was like, her YA books are darker than this. Like, what are you talking about? And then there's others that are like, this sucks. So I don't think it sucked. It wasn't a two or anything like that for me. I think it definitely has potential, but it just wasn't what I was expecting. Well, all in all, we both recommend these. I personally like a magic steeped in poison a bit more than I liked Book of Night because I didn't feel like I had to fight my way through it. Whereas with Book of Night, I had to fight my way through the good first half of it. I think the ideas on both of them are insanely original. Yes. So read them just for that. And they yeah. executed them well. And no. I did I did redo my rating. It's now a three. <laughs> 
say, I'm pretty sure if you read this in a different state of mind, you would really like this. There's a lot of things that you should have liked in this. So also why you don't read 10 books at once so you can focus on some of these complicated things. Listener. Not going to lie. <laughs> Ashley was like, you don't put up your currently reading. So then I went through and put up my currently reading. I'm currently reading about eight books, guys. Then that's a and no, And then, then she wonders why she can't keep things straight. Like, hmm. <laughs> I have a multiverse in my head of books. <laughs> Basically, everything's just going every which way. Maybe one or two books at once, depending on what they are, but not. Eight. I should probably just stick to three is like what I my max should just be three books at once is really what I should do. I just I gotta, I, I gotta fix that. I just can't even. At any rate, <laughs> we're gonna reel this in. Uh, we want to hear from you. Have you read either of these books? What were your thoughts? Email us at hello at pageragepodcast.com or DM us on Insta at pageage underscore podcast. And of course, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast network.